0: everyone this podcast is brought to you by global shop solutions erp software simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Hey everybody and welcome back to the upside to exhibit draft podcast the podcast of the highest ceiling i'm your host bryce Hendricks always with a great cooper klein Stone has taken a, a week or so break, uh, got some stuff to deal with, uh, you know. But uh, we're we're moving on, we're moving forward. We got our friend, uh, good friend, someone who I feel like I've known on Twitter forever, interacted with him for a while in a big group chat together. Uh, one of my favorite follows talks a lot about Florida basketball. We DM'd a lot about Fa Abagidi when Fa was in the transfer portal, uh, and that's the great Malik G at uh, Malik G on Twitter. He's the host of the close, or he's the co-host of the close-up match. Magic Podcast, which is my personal favorite Magic Podcast. Great, great stuff over there. Let's do it all the time. And he also does work for the Florida Basketball Hour, which is what we're talking about today, Florida Gators basketball. Malik, my friend, how you doing?
1: Doing great, man. It's good to finally catch up with you, see it, put a name to the face, that kind of thing. As you said, we've been in a big kind of a draft DM group for better part of a year now, just talking that kind of stuff. And like you said, we got into the transfer portal with F.A. Abog I don't want to say it wrong. Obviously, I've already have, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, it's been a, been a a nice relationship. So,
0: yeah, uh, F.A. Abogbidi. It uh, took a little bit. It, it, it if it makes you feel better, the Pac-12 commentators never ever got it right. It was always <laughs> Ife or Ife. Oh man, or like like one of them, Roxy Bernstein was just horrible. Could not could not even get close. He kept calling Mohammed Gay Muhammad Gui. And it was, it was real. It was rough. Uh, Anyways, Coop, my friend, uh, enough commentator talk. How are you doing?
2: I am doing great. I'm going to have to find a new way to pronounce uh, my last name, like a Pac-12 announcer, even though I think (laughs) mine's pretty cut and dry. You're not going to get any uh, Muhammad Guise in there, but uh, you know, this, I actually hadn't watched some of these guys. I somehow hadn't seen, you know, like two of the, the really fun young guys on this list. And I, I, this is just a team I'm really excited to talk about. Uh, one of the teams I'm most excited to watch uh, and, and pay attention to this upcoming season for not just scouting reasons, you know, just excited to watch them play basketball.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think where I want to start with this is just kind of the story of Florida basketball. So last year was sort of disappointing. Uh, they move on from, I believe his name was Mike White. I always get some head coach names. Yeah. They move on from Mike White. They hire, you know so WSU's head coach is Kyle Smith. He was the head coach at San Francisco before Todd Golden. So Todd Golden then got San Francisco over the hump. So I, I I always followed San Francisco closely because of Kyle Smith's relation, relationship there. Um, I thought Todd Golden was an excellent coach. He comes to Florida. My one question was, Well, can he recruit like He's, he's done well at San Francisco, mostly scheme-wise. He's got some guys, Jamari Bouye, but Bouye was Kyle Smith's recruit. Uh, some other guys he got kind of came from different areas. I didn't know if he could recruit at Florida. And then he has one of maybe the best off-seasons of any coach in the nation, I think. Gets Will Richard from Belmont, who was my personal top transfer. Gets Alex Fudge from LSU. Huge get. Uh, keeps Kawasi Reeves and uh, Con Castleton. Gets Kyle Lofton, who was one of the better veteran point guards out there. And then also adds a top freshman, uh, incoming freshman high school recruit in Riley Kugel. Uh, Excellent, excellent offseason for him. Malik, before we dive into the players, I kind of want to ask you, what are your early impressions of Todd Golden and kind of the work he did this offseason?
1: Well, to talk about Todd Golden, I want to reach back a little bit to Mike White because it was such a weird situation. Uh, He was the former coach. And you say we moved on from him. He basically left florida to go to georgia which is our border rival and it was a situation where uh maybe felt not appreciated at florida had gotten to him a certain level and a lot of us felt like we were basically stuck with the guy because he was always going to be good enough to never be fired but never quite good enough to for us to really embrace him so when he left you get this breath of fresh air and a few days later all of a sudden todd gold was in the mix and we had the excitement of uh, first of all just having that reprieve from being stuck in mediocrity not mediocrity but just Good enough to get to the tournament and probably lose. The roster construction was always a little bit weird. You always only had one point guard. Um, you would only maybe only have one kind of full size wing. But suddenly, Golden, who is a much more intentional with his roster. So, at every step on this honeymoon, you know, when you have this new coach, the process has been very sound in terms of the amount of players they're getting each position, uh, the kind of players they were going after in the transfer portal. They were on Will Richard quite quickly. Um, there was Fardaz, uh, the other kind of big man out there. Like every time you saw a big name in the transfer portal, the ones that we wanted, Florida was mentioned with them all of a sudden. So it was like it, the process felt sound. And we didn't get it from one that necessarily wanted, but to have that kind of thing go on. And once again, to have enough point guards, to have enough NBA size wing with the right wingspan, enough bigs, it's been exciting to see them do the right things. Now, will that translate on the court? We'll see, but it's, it's nice to have things at least Seem like they're gonna be the right process, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And something that always stood out to me about Golden's teams when I watched them was just I, I just really liked the freedom he allowed players to play with. Um, you know, Jamari Bouye, I think a lot of what made people see him as a prospect was just that he was allowed to kind of do everything for San Francisco, you know, they let him slowly develop into this this point guard who could do it all, you know. They talked about Uh, there is a I I don't want to say famous quote but a quote I remember reading where it was like you know they talk about you know we're an analytics team and we like threes and layups but sometimes mid-rangers are good and when Jamari Bouye takes a mid-ranger it's a good shot so stuff like that like he he has a lot of freedom that he lets certain players play with he plays aggressive defensively Uh, so I'm just really really excited to watch this team play Uh, and let's just dive right into the players he got so I kind of had a tough time ordering these top three in terms of nba viability i think all of them are really really good and could potentially work their way into the first round even in a stacked class like this but i want to start with my personal favorite and that's will richard uh so richard's coming from belmont he was really good there kind of played uh a a shooting guard role but did some playmaking did a lot of different things coop i'm gonna throw this to you just what's kind of your general sell on richard
2: well, yeah, like you talked about, just an all-around player uh, who can kind of play that connector role, I think, at the very minimum at uh, the next couple of levels. Uh, he's just such a quick reader of the game, and the way he sees it and the way he processes it, it's just lightning fast. Like, it's really, really impressive. Uh, the shooting numbers were kind of scary from downtown, but the the free throw numbers give me a little bit of hope that he's going to be able to be uh, sort of like a two, three as an NBA prospect who can just kind of fill a bunch of holes uh, sort of in the way that we see like fours utilized uh, most of the time where it's like your four has to make up for all the weaknesses of your lineup, uh, you know, in every single other way. I think Will Richard is going to kind of be that uh, for any kind of NBA team. He's just so solid in so many different ways and, uh, you know, does a lot of the little stuff that teams really need to win, you know, at any level.
0: Yeah, I think I think that sort of just kind of glue guy, do it all, is sort of the sell for Richard. With solid size, he's, I think he's a legit 6'5", pretty well built, long arms. Malik, what are your sort of general impressions of Richard, and what role do you think he's going to fill for Florida this year?
1: Yeah, I think um, he's listed at like 6'5", uh, 6'4", six, six, but he has like 6'10", or a 6'11", wingspan. And when you see the highlights of him, he's doing things – in a lot of ways he's deflecting balls he's playing down low some he's taking it from, from outside so one of those kind of like you said an nba uh body type to be able to do a lot of things on the court and for florida who in past years would only have maybe one at a time uh those kind of nba level wings to now have a guy like will richard next to that we're going to talk about in, in the future guys like crazy alex fudge to have a plethora of those guys that you can maybe play together to maybe throw on someone defensively, but also just go inside, that kind of thing. I was disappointed on Tuesday when I saw Florida practice where Richard apparently, I, can't, I think he slipped on a wet spot, something like that. So he has a little bit of a strain going on in, in one of his legs. So I think he could be back in the next couple of weeks. So I wasn't actually able to see um, how he kind of fits with the guys and how they're going to use them. But what you said before about encouraging um, offensive you know, productivity and developing in different ways, I thought like I saw that in that first practice. You saw guys that I thought were only going to be off ball, playing on ball, practicing in the paint, doing different things. So we're rich, dude, I think is going to be able to do some of those things and kind of improve uh, kind of his all around game with the Florida and kind of do that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm kind of expecting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think for me, like the real sell is just the defense. I'm, I think the defense can potentially be elite, um there were moments where he was really locked down on the ball um but he's also a good playmaker off the ball you know I think sometimes we think of players are elite in one category and not the other and Richard might not be elite in either right now but I I do really like his rotations like he made some excellent rotations as a low man at at Belmont Belmont's big was uh not someone who could really protect the rim uh they brought him out on the floor a lot did some hard hedging and Richard was excellent at getting in the way and, and and just making things hard for drivers uh Belmont of course that was in the OVC we'll see how that transfers to ACC right, athleticism right. but I I think he can really do that I think the vertical pop is there he's not going to be like a rim protector but I think he can make excellent rotations uh and and discourage some drivers um I I just think like we might th- like this Florida team might be the best defense in the country next year uh we'll talk about some of the other guys on their team who are just also really insane but uh their mix of solid rotation uh, rotational defenders uh excellent playmakers uh with steals and blocks and such and then a great rim protecting big in Colin Castleton uh just a lot of intrigue there Coop what do you think of Richard defensively are you kind of with me where I I, I feel like he's just right up our alley he's the type of guy you and I both really like so how do you feel about his defense
2: yeah, uh, right up our alley is the way to put it. I didn't watch him last year, despite how much you raved about him. And I, I watched him for this and I like texted Bryce like three minutes into watching film and I'm like, I love this guy, how did I miss him? Uh, Cause he flies around the court. And like I said, like he processes things and his rotations are so sound. Even if like what he does off of the rotation like sometimes his closeouts are a little bit bad or he gets blown by. Uh, by somebody who really has no business blowing him by, but he keeps the effort, he keeps the intensity, and he's still constantly moving after that, getting back into the play. Uh, and you can see him kind of learn and pick things up uh, and like slowly get better at things like that. And he's also only a sophomore. And last year was a freshman, and, you know, freshmen make mistakes on defense. Uh, but he was just really, really impressive for his age and, uh, and grade level as a freshman. And I'm really excited to watch him alongside all the other like really fun, funky defenders on on Florida.
1: Yeah, and I think those are kind of things I wanted to look at is that um, he actually played quite a bit at the four at Beaumont, my understanding is. So I think there will be some transition because we're going to want him to play at the two and then at the three here when it comes to Florida. So I think that's where his transition will come. I think athletically he'll fit right into the SEC. I'm also interested, like you said, about what skill he's picked up over the summer He went to, I believe, Damian Lillard's uh, basketball camp um, for maybe four days, one of 20 players invited there. So we kind of wonder, what does that mean? Does he pick up something from some of those players? Does he show some new uh, skills, and that kind of thing? So, And for such a young guy to make a transfer, because usually transfers are those kind of grad transfer guys who you know everything about them. And often those guys, unfortunately, in recent years, have kind of struggled when they come to a higher conference because there's not that upside potential, but when there's only one year that they've played, maybe there's more on the table, more on, on the vine to really improve and not just show what he did last year. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think what I'm really interested to see with Richard is, is what he, how he expands as a score um, at Belmont. Belmont was a veteran team. I think they started three seniors and okay. one, uh redshirt junior so they were a veteran veteran team uh the fact that he played as a freshman at all much less started pretty impressive when you look at belmont's just how just how they've always been coached i mean they're a team that always plays old the last prospect they had was dylan windler who was a 22 year old draftee Mm. so like that's just kind of how they play they're an old team so the fact that he played at all i think really meant a lot i think that's part of why he stood out and i just think like there is some untapped upside with him offensively uh because he has some real shift with his handle. He is a good athlete uh, who can get downhill. Um, and he I just, it was a, it was very rare, occasional moves, but would occasionally create a good look off a step back or a hard cross that shifted a defender out of the way. Just little things like that. And I think, you know, seeing him attack closeouts off Kyle Lofton pick and rolls, I think it'd be really deadly. Uh, he's going to be asked to space the floor too, which I think he can shoot. I think part of the issue with the shot last year was, just a little bit of uh, like hesitance. I don't think he wanted to take it. Cause again, he played with veterans. He wanted to just make the extra pass. Uh, Belmont in general is not a great shooting team, um, but he, he, I think he can shoot. I've really liked, I like how the shot looks. You mentioned him going to the Damian Lillard camp. Uh, I'd be interested to see if, you know, maybe he uh, picked up some shooting tips there, you know, from a guy like Dame, who's one of the best shooters in NBA history. So that's just sort of where I'm at Malik, before we move on from Richard, do you think he starts this year, or do you think he's more likely to come off the bench and and play sort of a sixth, seventh man role?
1: Well, um, me and the Florida basketball our, our guys had kind of gone back and forth. Um, I was feeling very confident that he was going to start, be the starter at the two. I and they were as adamant thinking that kind of Marion Jones, who was a transfer from Penn State, who kind of struggled last year, but was again retained by Todd Golden, kind of a six three combo guard emphasis on on the two or even a guy like Niels Lane, who's kind of been a jack-of-all-trades for the Gators might start. Um, I'm kind of backing off Will Richard definitively starting with him starting behind the eight ball, having to be slow by injury a little bit, and with Myron Jones uh, being that kind of another... He's, they Basically, he's the third, fifth-year senior on the team. But I can see Richard being the first guy off the bench, playing at the two, three, and even the four, because I've seen Niels Lane and even Kwasi Reeves, to my eye, playing a little bit at the four, that kind of thing. So, um. I think he might come up the bench, but I think he's the guy who will, you know, play significant minutes, 20, 25 minutes a game, that kind of thing and be an important player and be on the court at the end of the game. So.
0: Yeah. And I also, I could see Richard being the guy who starts the season coming off the bench and then come conference play. They just need him. They just need him on Mm -hmm. the floor. He's too sound. He's too impactful. And then by the tournament, maybe he's like really breaking out. Like I could see him kind of taking that trajectory. He could also be a Florida two years, you know, like maybe he's, He's here like he's not necessarily definitely going to be a 2023 draft guy, but he is someone who really intrigues me, who I really like. And I think at some point he's going to break out and and really get looks to jump up boards. Uh, moving on to another person who is just just perfect for Coop and I might I like I think Coop had him top 15 before. Uh, before the draft announcements and stuff last year, because he's just, I mean, he's just perfect for us. And that's Alex Fudge. Uh, Alex Fudge was at LSU. I believe he's listed at six, nine now, which, um, you know, maybe I I thought he was like a a string bean six, seven at at LSU, but maybe he did grow. He's young, very young for his class, bouncy athlete. And just, I I think the the main thing is just that defensive playmaking he's all over the place. Um, I'm sure Coop has, has some stats about, you know, his, his steal and block rates just being out of nowhere, uh, because he was crazy last year. And and that was in limited minutes, uh, coming off the bench next to Tari Eason, didn't really play in space, wasn't really, you know, given the power to dribble at all. But I think there's a lot to like with Fudge. He's someone who I'm very high on. So Malik, what are your kind of early impressions of Alex Fudge?
1: Well, it, it kind of feels like uh, the prodigal son returning to, to Florida, really, because he's a guy out of Jacksonville who we always thought should be coming to Florida, thought we had a chance at him Then LSU, uh, who was well-renowned for, you know, a little shadiness when it came to recruiting and the way <laughs> that their, their coach was doing things. Suddenly, he not only went to LSU, but went there early. So to finally get him back was the big deal. And then you watch him on, on the tape. This guy... I think it was six, eight in high school. I do think he is actually a six, nine. He has not really, his frame has not really filled out that much. Uh, he does seem a little bit stronger in watching him. Uh, there was a target weight that he and the strength coach mentioned of two fifteen. They wanted to get him before the season. I don't think he's not going to get there. I think they'd be luckier to get to maybe two Oh five, maybe in that two Oh eight range, that kind of thing. But you know, you watch him, he just flies off the, the floor. Um, he does everything defensively. When you watch him, he's guarding point guards, the centers, he's running up and down. Like some of the things that you saw Tari Eason do defensively, like when you watched Will Wade at LSU, we used to make fun of LSU because they were such an awful defensive team for so many years, but suddenly having Tari Eason and Alex Fudge, LSU is defending and people are like, Oh, Will Wade's finally coaching. No, no, no. He's not coaching the defend. He has amazing defenders as you saw Tari Eason doing things in the NBA already you see Alex Fudge so that's how good they were they would make an awful defensive coach like Will Wade an actual good defensive coach until he stopped playing Alex Fudge inexplicably down the stretch so
0: yeah the, the whole LSU season was so weird i don't even I like it's not even worth going to get to but <laughs> Coop I'm gonna throw this to you go ahead and just gush on the Alex Fudge defensive experience yeah it's 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 a beautiful experience. Um, as as
2: you might have guessed, for me, I I did actually. I think I had him around fourteen, fifteen before he announced that he was, uh, calling out. And that's because he is insane. He is one of like, he's one of those defenders who you watch and you're like, there are probably single digit human beings who can do the kind of stuff that he does. Uh, four point eight block rate as a 6'8 guy who did not really play center for LSU. LSU played like Tari Eason and Efton Reed mostly at center, and and he was like rotating around getting all these blocks. Uh, That's like, oh my God, my dog won't shut up. Sorry. Um, And a (laughs) 3.4 steal rate, uh, which is pretty much like borderline godly. Uh, There's not very many people who are hitting either of those numbers individually, much less than together when put in like a scheme that was really only like made for Tari Eason <laughs> and a bunch of other guys who can move around, uh, he gets chased down blocks. He can rotate. He can guard, man. He, uh, I'm going to steal something from our good friend, uh, Matt Issa. I think he really is a five tool defender. Uh, like he can do every single thing on the basketball floor, block shots, uh, defend just he's insane. I don't wanna I don't wanna beat the nail too hard to death, but uh
0: I love him. He he sort of harkens back to the uh the old school Florida like like that those championship teams under um Billy Donovan, yeah. Billy Donovan, yes. I was like NBA coach, white hair. Uh Billy Donovan, you know, not like like I don't want to call him Yokim Noah, he's not that big, but just like like long, lanky, athletic. And, and the motor is just off the charts. A little bit of Corey Brewer, maybe Corey Brewer, Corey Brewer guy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like just like this team reminds me a lot of, of those teams in general just how I think they can be defensively. Um, and, and fudge is a huge part of that. I think fudge is, if he would have been in last year's draft, he probably would have been the second best defender in that class behind Chet. If he was in this year's class, he might be the best. Cause what Yama is great as he is, does have some uh, issues as a rim protector, um I think Fudge is really that good defensively. Uh there's a couple names you don't ever bring up in comps but like someone like Fudge makes me want to whisper Sean Marion uh like stuff like that because I just think Fudge is really that nutty defensively. I think he could potentially be consistent all defense, maybe even you know one of the few wing forwards to win defensive player of the year if things really really click. The questions are definitely offensive. Uh because the shot looks pretty rough the handle's really loose. I like some of the passes, but he also is just really erratic as a decision maker. Just cannot. I, I think he just really struggles to slow down. Like he is constantly just, just trying to do things. And sometimes he just needs to stop and not try and do anything and just, you know, hand the ball off or set a screen. So I think I kind of want to ask you, Malik, what do you think he's going to do in the Florida offense this year? Well, I,
1: I think he's going to start at the four. Uh, even though he's hovering around that 200 pounds. Um, and I think that next to Castleton, who is both an offensive anchor, but also a defensive anchor with with uh, with, with what he does out there, and next to Kwasi Reeves, who's a shooter, I think he's going to be the only, I mean, I wouldn't say the only, but he's going to be the main kind of quote-unquote well, non-shooter on on the starting lineup. And I include Kyle Lofton with that because even though he's not a great three-point shooter, he's a great mid-range kind of assassin. So I think in Ford's offense, in terms of cleaning things up, their kind of motion, because they, they, it was a kind of constant motion thing when I saw them in practice. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be finishing plays and also cleaning things up on the offensive boards, that kind of thing. So I think Golden is, is smart enough to utilize him where he can can help them. Because obviously sometimes coaches hate going to the offensive boards, but with a guy like Alex Fudge, his athleticism, that can be a real weapon, I think, for teams. So I think that's where he's, he's going to thrive. And I think he's going to have the green light, to shoot threes when he wants to now maybe it's going to be ugly sometimes but i do think that gold is a guy that encourages his players offensively and kind of takes what that gives him over time maybe kind of try to push him to where their sweet spots are on the floor but he's never going to be someone that's you know the old school coach pulling their hair out because the guy's shooting a shot why 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 he's going to be encouraging them to do that so will there be some um Crazy shots. Did somebody open a door? <laughs> kind of an airball type thing? Yes. But I but I think because he's been encouraged to do that, that the other parts of his game I think may blossom. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. Something uh coach Coach Kimmy ethridge who I who I work with closely on the WSU women's basketball team, uh talks about all the time is it's like, even if you're not a good shooter, like there's no such thing as a bad corner three, because it's better that you shoot that and they think they might have to guard you then they could tag all the way down on a pick and roll so just being like willing to if he could shoot like yeah if he could shoot like 35 percent from corner threes you're happy and that's enough for Alex Fudge to be a more than positive player I think he's going to be one of the best defensive players in the country this year Uh, I think uh, he's someone who I Coop and I will almost certainly be higher on than the consensus but I could see him really getting some first round looks especially if You know, he seems bouncy enough that maybe he could play some small ball five as a role man. Interesting how they do it. I think there's a lot of fun stuff you could do with, we haven't got to Castleton yet. We've mentioned him a ton, but with Castleton in the high post, because he's such a, Castleton is just such a solid presence all over inside. Uh, He's a good passer. I could see some nice, like, high-low cuts or or duck-ins or whatever. Like, I think there's some interesting ways to utilize fudge, so I'm really excited to see what, what he does. Uh, he's one of my favorite players uh, on this team. Moving on to, I think it's Kawasi Reeves. I, I could be saying that wrong, but
1: I think we, we usually call him, him Kawasi. He kind of goes by Wasi Wasi. Um, okay. I, that, that's what we used to, I mean, it's one of those things where years later, you hear the guys like, well, they never pronounced my name right. And you're like, bro, you let us call you that for years. Yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> like,
1: we're all calling him Kawasi right now. So,
0: okay, Kawasi Reeves, uh, someone who, I really, really liked out of high school. I thought he was a real steal for um, for White and his staff because I just think he's he's just really solid. He does a lot of things. He's a real wing with wing size. Um, Malik, I, I know like like his freshman year was kind of up and down. What do you think of Reeves as a freshman and what do you think you're looking from him stepping into his sophomore year?
1: Well, it, it was odd. I mean, we felt that uh, his little misused there were times when he wasn't even starting his minutes were erratic and then when he finally did play he he was productive and um even like down the stretch even the postseason um he was doing some things he was even inside you know throwing it down a few times he's, he's a good athlete he's a little he's not as smooth as you would maybe want him to be like off the bat but you can see that he's a worker he's skilled he's a guy that loves being in the gym they always say love being in the gym but this is a guy who's like going out there and he'll put up his, his shop mix he's making hundreds or about amount of threes every night when he's practicing but i kind of thought that he was maybe focusing on just the shooting a little too much and in a little bit that i watched in practices i liked seeing them trying him at different things even though the handle was a, was a little bit spastic making him a ball handler making him a driver having him finish in the paint and he actually dunked quite quite a bit in the practice that, that I saw where he was at the rim finishing in ways where he was mostly just a shooter last year. So that, that's what I'm expecting from him. He has the size, has the skill. In in high school, he was a guy who was double and triple team. So he's actually a really good bad shot maker. <laughs> he's used to being able to kind of take those things off, you know, off of one leg or guys double teaming him and take those shots. He doesn't have to do that, but that's in his game as well. I think hopefully Golden to bring that out as well in their offense. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, something I I really like about Reeves and that I think he can he can really step up to do this year is, is to kind of be that go-to guy in the clutch. He's not going to be the best player on this team because Colin Castleton's probably going to be the best player on this team if we're just being honest. But I could see Reeves being the guy who they're like, we just need – like, it's a close game. We're down two. We're going to drop a play for you because Castleton being a big – you know, you can't really do that for – I don't like Lofton doing that. I like him more as a game manager. Reeves, I think, could be that guy. I think Reeves has the size um, and, and, and the touch. Uh, something that I loved about him, that I, what made me buy into him, was that I really liked his motor. I thought he was a like in high school, even when he was playing against sports competition. I just liked that he always seemed like he really gave a shit, and he was really trying. He was getting offensive boards. He took body contact. You see a lot of guys kind of you know know where they're at, especially once they've committed. You know, I've committed to Florida. I'm going to take it a little easy. And, and and I can respect that too. But Reeves had that where it's just like, he just seemed like he was always trying to just make the dirty plays. And and I like that from my 6'6 six, six wing. You know, I think that's something that's really valuable. Coop, what do you feel about Reeves in general? And how do you feel about maybe what his translatability to the NBA might look like?
2: I mean, I, I think I really buy the shooting. I think that's kind of the thing that really impressed me is that he is like constantly moving, constantly shooting, and he hits out of a bunch of different uh, alignments. I mean, the percentages like just aren't like, I think he, it was like 30% last year. If I recall correctly, I uh, should have that number written down, but I'm embarrassing myself right now, 33%. So he had a third of his threes last year. Uh, I think that really undersells the difficulty. Uh, Like he was getting, like hard closeouts and he's just shooting over. And, you know, he's like, he catches the ball at a weird spot and ends up having to turn into the shot, nails it, uh, you know, catches a ball from the, I mean, it's the Florida logo and the Florida logo is very wide, but it's still, it's still a logo three. So, (laughs) Uh, but I mean, his release is really quick. I think just that plus kind of what he showed as more of a cutter and mover when he got more minutes at the end of the year, uh, just as uh, a fun off-ball wing who can do a little bit on-ball if you really need him to. I mean, it's just a a really fun combo in an athletic six-six wing.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. what you what you said about about that that motor is a uh, it, it's definitely evident for him. He's really kind of a garbage-pale guy, even though he has that NBA wing size, and I think it gets that from his dad. His dad is actually Quasie Reeves Senior, and he kind of runs a bunch of basketball camps and players up in Georgia and um, have that kind of mentality of like, we're going to outwork people. And to have that in that kind of NBA body, you, you don't always see that, but it's nice to see it in Kwesi.
0: Yeah. And, and I just think like, there's so much like leniency you could have when someone plays like that, right? Like he can make a little more mistakes if he's going to make up for it on the other end, or, you know, he, I, I don't think he's a great defender right now. I, I thought Not there yet. were some, I thought there were some pretty major footwork issues last year. Um, I think he's athletic enough, and he's definitely strong enough. But even when he would get beat, you know, like he's never out of a play. He's always he, he's good at like getting crackback rebounds, like stuff like that. Like just, I, I think Reeves is someone who can really develop under Golden. And I think playing in a more competent offensive system is going to do wonders for him. And he's also going to be allowed to kind of, I, I think, be given some room because he's going to be playing next to Richard and Fudge and 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 Lane, who we'll talk about a little later to kind of, like, he won't have to take the toughest defensive assignment, but he can. You know, so guys have to switch off, or I I just think there's so much value to that. I really love what Golden has built with these three wings in particular, because they're just so versatile, and there's no such thing as too much versatility. He can do so much with all of them on both ends, and I'm just really fascinated to see how it goes. Like I said, like, after studying for this episode, Florida has become, like, the top of my watch list, because I just, I'm fascinated to see how Golden puts it all together, so uh i am really excited reeves is one of those guys who really pops to me um just just to see where he goes i think it was awesome that, that golden was able to keep it. did did Reeves enter the portal and then come back or did he never enter the portal well
1: it was a little tricky if, if you actually uh read the actuality
0: he and he he and his
1: camp announced he was entering the portal but he never actually officially entered the portal. Cause when I was checking on Evan, you know, Maya's site, I was looking to see the available guys and I was like, well, did he go in yet? He never quite went in. Um, I I think that there was a little bit of a, they they wanted to make sure his role was defined in a more clear way than it was under, under coach white last year. I think that they felt that uh, maybe that uh, his work and his play deserved more of a role and, and more play than he got last year and, um, you know, I think Golden was obviously able to say, yeah, you know, you're a hard worker. You're going to get what you deserve in terms of, you know, playing time based on what you do. And I think that's what soldered on them. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Do Are are you pretty confident Reeves is going to start at the three this year or, or do you I, think? There's, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any chance that he, he doesn't
1: start. And also just watching him uh, again, he was able to use the athleticism more, you know, already under the new strength coach. Uh, than he was last year. I, I think he's going to actually be finishing at the rim quite a lot more than than we would have expected. So that's going to be exciting to see as
0: well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's move on to sort of this this trio of guys who I think are all interesting college players. And, and Malik, I, I want to get your opinions on them as college players. And then maybe we'll talk about their their NBA translatability if there is any going forward. So Colin Castleton who we've mentioned a ton, uh, is one of, I, like... He's someone who I feel like never gets brought up in the potential player of the year, guys. But to me, he seems like a perfect fit. Excellent college defender, great rim protector, good rebounder, can score in the post, can make plays, can stretch down a little bit. I would not say is like a super consistent stretch five, but can definitely hit some mid-rangers. He's really, he really likes that hard right jab right into the shot uh, at, at the elbows or uh, kind of in the block extended area um neils lane who is sort of a kind of do-it-all garbage wing type uh just really hustle player kind of glue guy and then finally uh saint bonaventure transfer kyle lofton uh lofton is someone who kind of caught my eye when i was watching uh osun 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 osunii uh yeah uh, also at saint bonaventure i thought (laughs) lofton is just He's just like a, like, he's kind of like Tommy Kuzi or, or guys like that, where it's like game manager point guard. He's a bit more of a scorer than like a Kuzi was, but uh, kind of just like perfect college point guard for a team like this. So Malik, you can start with any of those guys. You can talk about them all in general, but what do you think about those guys as college players and how they're going to fit in with Florida system?
1: Well, I, I do want to separate Concast out, out a little bit um, from the other two, uh, I mean, obviously, but um, just because, skipping a lot a little bit as an nba prospect he does have a seven foot six wingspan um and he he did reveal that he's up to 247 pounds when it, when, I, when i spoke to him on tuesday so i do think he had does have some of the nba size and length he's not gonna be drafted you know the fifth year players are not drafted but to me he's the classic kind of big who ends up in the g league ends up as a two-way player then suddenly wait this guy made the roster somewhere and now he's somehow the 15th man 14th man i think there's definitely a role for him in that capacity you watch what he did against um kessler was it the, the guy for auburn last year he ate his lunch and it wasn't just eating his lunch just because he was a bigger older center it was based on skill and based on movement and, and just you know packing his, his shot back in his face and re- rebounding over him and, and all those kind of things like that. So I do think he's a guy who will play at the, at the next level maybe as a grinder and especially that you mentioned about um him having that outside game. I do like him as a facilitator but I also think that he's somebody who might be able to be able to shoot from distance. He did that a little bit in practice. They've been talking about it for two years now. Reportedly he did that in the NBA workouts. We haven't seen it in games yet. He's been like over 17 so far, but he did nail him in practice, that kind of thing. So it's one of the things I think he has that game, but you know, we'll see what happens, but defensively, he's blocks more shots than you think he rebounds more than you think. He had a little bit of injury concerns the, the, the last year and all, but He's someone who I think might go that next level. So that's going to, I want to tease him out a little bit beyond the other two.
0: I, I think that's definitely fair. And he's definitely my favorite of these three as well. Uh, he's someone who I honestly think if he would have had Todd golden two years ago, he would have got drafted. Um, mm-hmm. But I think being stuck under Mike white kind of hurt him uh, just playing on his playing, narrative. The, the, the yeah.
1: narrative isn't, you know, he's not going that kind well,
0: of way. And you mentioned Florida's consistent lack of point guards. I think that was the biggest detriment to him. Like, I like Trey Mann. I probably liked him more than I should have, honestly. Um, but he was not really a great pick-and-roll passer. And and they just, like – I feel like there's never – they've never had players who just got Castleton to his spots. And that was even back at Michigan. Uh, you know, he didn't play a ton at Michigan. But I just – I, I I really like Castleton. I think he kind of reminds me of like a bigger version of Drew Eubanks, former Florida or not Florida, Oregon State legend. Um, so who's kind of stuck around the league as a grinder. I could see him being Jock Landell type, or you know, higher higher levels like um, uh, like maybe like a Mason Plumlee. Like I could see like him sticking in the league as just a really solid, do everything right, big who has value because of that, even if he's, you know, he's not someone who could switch or anything like that. And like I said, I think he could potentially be the best player in college basketball this year. If things really click right. Uh, Coop. Do you have any thoughts on cast before we briefly talk about the other two? I mean,
2: he does uh, one of my, my, one of my favorite things to just watch, which is the the post move where it's not like, Oh, I'm going to go over in one big leap. He does like the segmented post moves all the time uh, where it looks like it should be a travel uh, and it's, he's just a fun watch uh, because he will like find a way to yam it on anybody. And like in the SEC, like it's, it's, it's just really impressive. I don't like, I think he's a fun change of pace big at the next level. If somebody really buys into him, it's like, I think the defense is real. I think he can do like NBA level defense. Uh, and there's like a role on him for offense. Uh, like, I think he's better than Drew Timmy as an NBA prospect uh there's like a maybe he's no Hunter Dickinson but he's he's out there I like him quite a bit so uh yeah
0: yeah uh all right moving on quickly to uh Lane and Lofton Malik what do you think of those two and and, and how they're going to fit into Florida specific uh context and then we'll talk briefly about NBA Potential as well. Yeah.
1: Um now no, Lane, we can speak really briefly on him. He's basically like 6'5 you know, in that kind of 2'10 range, uh, very long. But a guy who for Florida can guard really from one through four because he's so strong and has such defensive skills. When you watch him, his defensive on and off numbers are just off the charts. Uh doesn't have great touch inside, hasn't had a shot to speak of, not really a dribbler, but um, you know, like I said, he affects the game defensively. Now Kyle Lofton, um he's at six foot three. This guy, he played basically 40 minutes a game his entire career at St. Bonaventure. If you look at look at the numbers, like he never came off the floor. I mean, and he only missed, I think, three games or something like that with a high ankle sprain at one point. I was trying to look at the stuff last year and came back and played through it. Um, it hasn't really been great from distance. Um, but obviously, you know, you watch practice and this guy's doing crossover threes and, and shooting, you know, um, you know, kind of finishing in the lane and that kind of stuff. He's a guy who, you know, my Florida Basketball Hour colleagues are just really over the moon for, love him as, as a player, uh, think that he has a chance to to really even take a, another step when he doesn't have to play the entire game um, and actually having, you know, a backup point guard. So I, I think that he has a chance to be all SEC, you know, based on what they're saying. Um we'll see how, how that goes and all, but just watching him, he's the natural leader, the kind of outside leader, the Concastle is the inside guy. So I think those two are the other guys that they're looking to, to be their, their best players, even over some other guys that might be more iPod.
0: Yeah, I definitely think, um, well, speaking briefly on Bonaventure, I think it goes under discussed that their minute practices are borderline unsafe. Like I, <laughs> like they played, I think seven players like total last year, like any significant minutes that no one else played. Um, it was, it's really, and they've done that un, uh, under, I'm blanking on the head coach's name, but uh, borderline unsafe stuff they do over at St. Bonnie just to get, uh, you know, they pick five starters and, and you're playing at least 38 minutes. So uh, crazy wow. stuff they do, but um, yeah. Lofton is someone who I just think is like the perfect college point guard, uh, you know, you know, shades of, You know, he's not like Jalen Brunson, but shades of those sort of Villanova point guard, Ryan Archidiakono, or, um, you know, guys like that, who is just like, yeah, they're just great college point guards, they run a good pick and roll, they get to the lane to hit mid rangers, I don't like Lofton's jumper a ton from outside, I just, um, he looks just really uncomfortable ever taking it off the catch, like he just never looks like that's a shot he thinks he can hit, he always wants to put the ball on the ground. Uh, which has some value, but again, like that's, uh, you know, hopefully him not playing all the minutes in the world and playing next to guys like, you know, Fudge and Reeves and, and Richard will force him to play off the ball a bit and maybe he can knock down those shots. Um, probably not an NBA guy, but uh, I, I just – I think he's the perfect guy to set this Florida team up to potentially – and maybe this is hyperbole. Uh, you you have to tell me what your what your friends at Florida Basketball Hour think. But I think this is a team that could compete for a national championship. I really do. Um, as crazy as that might sound, I just I just love all their players. And I think Lofton is the perfect point guard to kind of lead that. So, uh, Coop, do you have any thoughts on Lofton or Lane before we move on to the last kind of really interesting prospect on this team? I have no thoughts on Lane, and I, I don't just want to uh, say the
2: same thing over and over about Lofton. So just a fun fact, uh, I, I was looking into, I didn't actually looked at the St. Bonaventure minutes loads until you just brought it up, Bryce. And I was looking at Kyle Lofton's junior year. Uh, there were five players who played 80 plus percent of their minutes. And then other than that, there was one guy who played 33 percent of their minutes and nobody else was above 15. Uh, On the entire roster, that was a six man rotation with Jalen Shaw playing 13.3% of the minutes, and that's it. Uh, And that was the year Kyle Lofton played 96% of the available minutes of the entire year that means he missed like basically the equivalent of one game. It, it's how basically crazy? the
0: equivalent of a half
2: right it's like one well, half of a game how many games did they they only played it looks like 20-ish games that year like they didn't yeah, play too many because was that
0: the covid year
2: yeah they, it was six so it was 21 games and he missed the equivalent of like three-fifths of the game like a 60 percent of a game
0: yeah that's that's yeah that's
2: ridiculous that is like what? you you are just begging for somebody to get injured like well and, oh and the question is, is
1: whether um not only uh, fatigue-wise and stamina-wise, what will he do with a little bit less minutes, but the ability to be more aggressive defensively because he could not come off the floor. There wasn't anybody behind him. He couldn't go for steals and that kind of thing. I think he's going to be impact defensively as as well. Um, So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. One other guy I want to briefly, there's a guy, C.J. Felder, uh, 6'7", kind of a forward shown a little bit of an outside game that kind of thing. I think he's going to pl- play quite a few minutes as well. I think he's a backup four, backup five as well. Um, you know, just so I think he's going to be in the mix as well for playing time in terms of that nine, 10 man rotation type of thing.
0: Yeah, I actually really liked Felder um coming out of coming out of high school. Uh I believe um with mean, Boston yeah. College and all. Yeah. Yes, yeah, went to Boston College, yeah, and and just uh yeah. Boston college is a mess. They've been a mess forever. So um, it just, I I think he's someone who by his, by his, you know, like, uh, but by the time he really develops here, I I think he could be valuable. Um, There's a lot to like with him. All right. uh, Moving on to sort of the one guy who I think is maybe the highest upside of any one of this group, except maybe Alex Fudge. And that's Riley Kugel. Um, Kugel is a true freshman this year, but someone who I expect to play early, maybe I'm wrong in that. Uh, Malik, what are your kind of general thoughts with, with Kugel and, and how much do you think he'll play this year?
1: Well, um, the, 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 the little backstory for him is is that he's a Florida guy, Orlando guy. We'd already taken his teammate as a recruit, um, but he was going to Mississippi State. When Golden was hired, he took the top recruiter from Mississippi State who had recruited him. And that's how we were able to get kind of, it Bradley Kugel. Um, top 50 player could have been higher than that, but I think because of he was struggling academically People kind of bumped him down because they were worried he wouldn't make it and everything like that. But I think talent-wise, he's a top 25 guy. Um, a legit 6'5, maybe even up to 6'6. He has a, a pretty good frame, uh, the creation ability. He can play on ball, off ball, finish at the rim, and even watching the practice defensively, he's guarding opposing point guards, guarding twos, little threes, uh, some deflections, the IQ. Um, he was legitimately playing point guard in the scrimmage and the kind of things that, that I watched. I don't think there's any way he's kept off the floor. I think he's going to get minutes, again, like I said, at the one, two, and the three, based on what he can do. Now, right now, he's a little bit behind uh, physically because he didn't come to UF until the fall because of his academic, whereas the other guys have all been with a strength coach and getting in, in better shape and all. But even just watching him a little tired, some of the stuff he was doing out there is just – same thing you saw in the highlights, you know, uh, being able to do some of those things. So very excited about him. I don't, th- don't think he starts, but he, he might even be, you know, one of the major backup point guards. We haven't talked about Trey Bottom, who's kind of a 5'11 uh, transfer point guard the Gators got from VMI, but he was an analytics darling that Todd Golden kind of handpicked as one of their transfer portal guys. He's kind of penciled in as the backup point guard. He's also been working at two guard, again, the kind of 5'11", maybe in in the bouillet role where he can kind of score from outside, has that toughness, but also just give you minutes, just soaking up minutes, you know, kind of backing up Kyle Lofton who can finally get a rest, get some Gatorade for the first time in his career.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think for me the the thing that really stood out with Kugel is just that the handle is really, really impressive. I think he's just really – he just has like a very deep bag – he has a great – he plays with excellent pace. Like, defenders are always on their back foot guarding him, whether it be kind of little hesitations or hang dribbles. I just think he's really – just a very smooth ball handler, and he has good size to do that too. Uh, just a lot to like with him uh, as a handler. I I thought – the uh, you know, combos may be a good term. Like, the passing is kind of hit or miss. I think it's sometimes – um a, 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 sometimes there's a little bit to be desired specifically in the pick and roll I think like he sometimes can get tunnel vision uh but I think the shot looks all right I think he can hit him hit it off the bounce and off the catch uh and and I just think that type of upside uh is really interesting probably a two-year guy maybe even three-year guy at Florida but I could really see him developing into you know like there's some there's some Trey man there uh if you if you if you want to see it that way Coop how do you how do you feel about Kugel? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, if he does the Treyman
2: special and grows three inches between his uh, his freshman and sophomore year, I, th- I, I, I don't think he makes it longer than his sophomore year. Uh, but yeah, he's got good size. I think he's got, like, the combination. Like, he's not super strong, uh, like you were talking about, but combined with the handle, I think he's strong enough uh, to at least create enough space, uh, get his shot off, get into the lane. Um, I like how he sees the game. I don't like the, like the decisions he makes. Uh, I think he processes the game really quickly. I think he just ends up trying to force things too much with his playmaking and his passing specifically. Uh, I think he's going to be a terror against opposing ball handlers, Uh, just constantly digging. He has really good timing on uh, like on how to get steals and, you know, bugging opposing ball handlers. And I think he does it really well where he's not constantly out of position. Uh, which is always nice to see. I mean, he has moments, but uh, I, I like his effort. I like how he's moving around and constantly doing something on that end. I, I, like Bryce said, I think it's just going to be impossible to keep him off the floor because he's so talented. I think he puts on a little bit of weight and is, uh, you know, move, he's 6'5 and pretty long.
0: And if he puts on a little bit of muscle, that could go a long, long way. Yeah. He's the type of guy who I could see, you know, maybe he stays two years and then he's maybe like the top soft, the top sophomore, you know, he's the Johnny Davis or, or whoever you might Keegan Murray, I guess, was technically the top sophomore despite being a red shirt. Um, a guy like that, like, who's like, yeah, this is a second year. He's a little older, but you know, he's a top 10 pick. Like we okay, see. A, here's here's okay. name that comes up. There's, there's James Booknight.
1: Did they kind of vibe with that in terms of that like kind of creation and didn't kind of blossom to that second year. I mean, I'm not saying the same kind of player and all, but that kind of trajectory as an NBA player, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just wonder if that comes. No,
0: I, I definitely think that makes a lot of sense. I was always low on book night. I'd never really bought him. I, I like Google more than I liked book night oh, yeah. out of high school. Um, I think, but yeah, like uh, some of the thing with book night too, was playing at UConn was really weird. Like I like UConn, but they never have any space and He was just a lot like, you're just going to be an ISO shot creator. Uh, I think Kugel can actually play a role that's much closer to what his NBA role is going to look like, um, where it's, you know, more off ball scoring more, you know, and I think what's really nice is, you know, this year he'll play, you know, next to and behind Lofton. So he's going to play more off the ball and then we'll kind of see him take a nice step into probably primary initiator duties. You know, if it's him and Richard in the backcourt next year, I think uh, that's a pretty sweet deal. Uh, it's an awesome defensive duo who can both kind of get some buckets and make plays. So I could definitely see, yeah, Kugel kind of being that top sophomore uh, if he's not a one and done, but he could be a sneaky. We've seen like six men go one and done and be top 45 picks. You know, Gary Trent Jr., I believe, was a sixth man at Duke. And I could see Kugel kind of doing that. Like if Florida's really good and they're a, you know, they're a top 10 team and they make the final four or something like, Yeah, we'll take Kugel out too because (laughs) Todd Golden's clearly just built something here with a lot of good players. So uh, I I really like Kugel. I think he's someone who, you know, I I think he was underranked. I liked, I like him more than I like, I I don't want to name too many names, but like I like him more than probably like Amari Bailey, uh, who's kind of a similar archetype. So uh, I really do like Kugel. I think there's uh, a lot of upside there. And I think Golden is, I I think we're really going to see what he's made of as a coach. I think we're going to see, you know, how does he develop, players like this because at San Francisco, he did a good job developing guys like Bouye and, and uh you know, Khalil Shabazz or Shabazz, uh, you know, guys like that, but he's never had this type of talent. So I'm just really, really fascinated to see how it goes. Malik, uh, is there anyone else you kind of want to hit on, or do you think we've, we've talked about all the, the real NBA prospects on Florida's roster? Yeah,
1: we definitely talked about, about the, the main prospects that there's a big 300-pound kid who probably be the, be the backup center, uh, Jason DeTobo, but obviously not an NBA prospect. I, I, I do want to – I'll pick your brain coming to me after the show or maybe in the coming weeks. But uh, Arkansas has that top guard. I forget his name. Um, but they played Riley Kugel's team in high school, I think, at the City of Palms. And I watched like a 15-minute kind of clip um, on YouTube. And it was interesting. Riley Kugel seemed to be – near that level of a player so now that guy that guy forget his name he's like maybe top five player in the class i'm curious to see as the season goes on how close kugel is maybe over the over the years even how close he is to those players whether it was just a mirage or is he really that type of a player where he could have been a top 10 top 15 player in a different circumstance i'm just curious you know
0: yeah i'm really interested too. nick smith jr is someone who uh we haven't uh dove into yeah he played nick smith jr played with like khalil ware in high school really fun team uh i don't think i, I think kugel is like a top 30 player in his class at the very least uh i you said i think he's like he's like 56 or, or something on 247 well because I, I think, I think yeah. rivals
1: had him at like 150 or something yeah <laughs> so that's like, crazy you yeah. You even watch bro what are we doing yeah here? yeah so, i think it was definitely he should have been in that top 30 top 35 40 range rather than dragged down by one ranking that was ridiculous. So yeah,
0: no, absolutely. I think um I think he's someone who 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 we could see you know like return top 10 value from this recruiting class. Um depending on how things really fall because uh you know this is a very awesome recruiting class it really is but uh kugel's just the type of guy who uh I could see developing in a lot of different ways and that could provide a lot of value down the line so uh, Malik, this has been awesome. Uh, we can't thank you enough for for taking the time to come on. I know it's late, but uh, I had a blast. I I'm I'm so excited for this team. I'm probably gonna <laughs> I'll probably DM you all the time because I'll be watching a ton of their games this year. So uh, let the people know where they can find you, where all your great work is. I will tag everything in the description below so you guys can just go click some links. But <laughs> so they hear it from your mouth, Malik. Uh, tell the people where they can find you.
1: Yeah, I mean if you're looking for, I mean I'm, I'm on I'm Malik G on Twitter mosquito a-l-i-k-g is in golf um our podcast is locked on i mean i'm sorry not i'm sorry it's close-up magic <laughs> on, on on twitter as well on youtube too um the other podcast I'm, avail- I'm affiliated with is Florida basketball hour probably doing a show with eric in the coming weeks uh as their main co-host is kind of uh, dealing with some family stuff you know in the near future and that kind of thing but uh you know dms are open i love talking basketball i could talk with you guys for hours um you know late at night is actually good for me because i got to get my kids to bed and then i get to actually you know get into some nerd stuff later on so it's all good
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely man this this has been so exciting And, and i honestly like i i've been like so slammed with school stuff that it was so great to like for I've for like the past four hours I've been completely zoned in watching basketball and it's nice. it's such a it's such a refresher uh yeah I had a blast and cannot wait for Florida basketball definitely gonna be following your coverage closely again everyone go follow at Malik G um one of my favorite followers like I someone I I follow your tweets a lot I've I've gotten into the close-up magic pod because of you and like I said big fan of that so All Malik's great work. Uh, Go give it a read. Go give it a listen. All that fun stuff. For Coop, at Ali underscore Oop underscore Coop. I'm at Bryce Hendrick 14 Give us a like, rating, review, all that type of fun stuff. This has been the Upside Swings of VA Draft podcast. We hope we're ceiling. Thank you. We once again like to thank our sponsors at GlobalshopSolution.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at GlobalshopSolutions.com. Thank you.